it's okay to mourn the loss of whatever it is that you have lost or are going through, but it's just as important to start to appreciate the other things that you bring to the table. Five years ago, I almost lost my life and my leg. And I told myself that it would be time to tell my story when I could tell it without tears. So after five long years, I'm finally ready. Waiting has been the hardest part of this journey. Hit stop now if you're sensitive to mature subjects, because this story is raw, real, and unfiltered. Episode two, who I was before the accident. I'm Lisa. And I'm Johnita. Welcome to Waiting is the Hardest. So you just told us about the accident. Mm-hmm. Are you ready to go a little bit deeper? Sure, it would be why not? Look, why not? <laughs> Let's do it. It would be good if you could tell us who you were before the accident. Oh, boy. Um, okay. So who I, who I was, who was I rather before the accident summed? No, I can't even sum it up in one word. Um, I was driven, um, determined, fiercely independent, a perfectionist (laughs) and very exacting. Um, but independent of all of those words, independent is the is like the umbrella term that I would use to describe myself. And um, in the journal, I talked about that because you know something happens to you emotionally when you are. You've gone from being independent to now in this position where you can't do anything for yourself Mm -hmm. and it messes you up. So I talked about it in a journal and what I said was how I described it was I said, growing up, I used my independence as a way to be in control. I took care of myself and never depended on anyone. Early in my life, I had to be independent if I wanted to get something done. I also found that being independent meant not having to be disappointed. If I wanted something done, do it yourself because you can always depend on yourself. That was my my mantra. Being independent also meant I couldn't be stopped in a way. I was invincible and there was nothing I couldn't do because I only had to count on myself. Finding out you're pregnant at 19, no problem because I'm independent. Working through college with a toddler, no problem because of my independence. Starting a career as a special education teacher at 23 with two kids, piece of cake because I'm independent and there's nothing I can't do. Not only that, I don't need anyone. My grandmother told me back then that I couldn't do everything all by myself. And that was the biggest mistake that she could ever say. Because for someone to tell me that I can't do it by myself or to tell me that I can't do something. So at that point, I made it my mission to prove my grandmother wrong. Compound that with the fact that my dad was waiting for me to fail and you've created a superwoman. And there was nothing this superwoman couldn't do. 
So this accident and recovery has challenged everything I know and believe about depending on others. Wow, that's deep. And, you know, it's so funny. It takes me back when you talked about being pregnant at 19. You know, I I probably met Janita. We were both probably 19. And um, we we were older than me. Anyway, we won't even go there. (laughs) 18, 19 is all the same. Okay. But, you know, I remember the first time I met you, but then I remember actually meeting my nephew for the first, very first time at your yeah. apartment on campus. Yeah. And we were both in college. I was home from college. And, you know, here it is. You have this little baby. I remember you had your books out, like studying. It's like I come in. It's like, yep, here's your nephew. You know, <laughs> I'm going to do a little bit of reading while you're here. Like just so on top of it. And I couldn't even grasp like a baby. In college, right. like I, I don't even see how that is possible. Right. So right. I got a taste of your independence and your drive and determination very early on. Yeah. Um, so I can attest to that for sure. When did you realize after the accident that, oh, snap, I can't do the stuff I used to be able to do and I'm going to have to depend on others to get things done? When did it hit you? When I tried to go to the bathroom the first time mm. and I, um, I couldn't, I couldn't go. I take that back. I was not supposed to go by myself, mm-hmm. but Miss Independence mm. was like, oh mm-hmm. no, I got it. I got it. <laughs> and so I made my way to the bathroom by myself. What? And yeah. I made my way to the bathroom by myself and it hurt like hell. I'm surprised I didn't like injure myself even more. And I get back to the bathroom and somebody caught me. I think somebody caught me and, and, um, and my uncle Rob called me. He's a doctor. He, and he called and he had been, you know, kind of walking me through what was going on and being a support to me. And Mm -hmm. he was like getting on my case. Like, you know, you cannot, you, you cannot go to the bathroom by yourself. And I'm like, no, nah, it's good. You know, he's like, how did that work out for you? And I'm like, oh, you know, it was, like, it was a little painful. It was a little, you know, but that was the first taste. And I just remember being so angry, like, like um, an inferno. It was just an inferno because I just couldn't believe like I, you mean to tell me, miss, I can do anything. I can do anything. I don't need anybody to tell me anything ever in life. And you mean to tell me that I need somebody's help to go to the bathroom? Get out of here. It was awful. So you really thought you were going to put that cape on, right? And your will and your drive and determination, you were just going to be able to instantly snap back, take care of your business, yes, figure out the protocol, execute on the plan, yes, and move forward. My whole life, I was just telling my mother this today, my whole, I said to her, I said, life isn't hard. All you have to do is follow the, follow the steps. 
you just follow the steps. You just follow whatever the criteria is. You just Mm -hmm. dot your I's and cross your T's and you're fine, right? And that's what I expected to do in that moment. I expected my brain to tell my body to get your ass up out of the bed and go to the bathroom and walk on out of that door and go on about your business. Like, And I just didn't understand why my body wouldn't communicate and wouldn't cooperate with my brain. I just did not. And my will and my drive it's always gotten me through. It mm-hmm. got me through 40 up to 42 years. So why wasn't it working at that moment? It was, it was, it was maddening. I was so mad. I was so angry. So angry. And how long did it take you? Or did you ever embrace this whole concept of I'm going to need to rely on others. I'm going to need to slow down. The plan needs to be that I'm going to rely on others that I'm actually going to let my body lead the way versus letting my mind. It took a long time. That's going to be like episode down the road. Okay. Okay. (laughs) It's it's not, it's not coming up in an episode anytime soon. It was, it was bad. It was really bad. I fought, I fought against it. I fought like hell to maintain that independence. And um, it took a very long time for me to get to, acceptance. Okay. So if you could go back to Janita in the early stages of your uh, recovery post-accident, is there yeah. any advice that you would give her? Is there, there a certain way you would look at it a little bit differently that might say, okay, you know, I'm not necessarily giving up my independence. I am, you know, Maybe postponing it. Okay. a little bit. No, you know what? I don't think I could have told her anything different at that point, because if I would have told her something, if I would have told her something different, she may, I may not be here Mm -hmm. right now. Mm -hmm. Right. She made it, she may have been like, uh, you know what? I don't think I'm going to be able to do what it is that you are saying that I need to do to recover. So I'm going to go on and check out right now. Mm-hmm. So I believe that, um, that, that fire needed to stay in order for me to fight through recovery. If that makes sense. That makes sense. That yeah. makes sense. Yeah. So l- let's switch gears a little bit. Okay. Let- let's talk about, the vanity side of this, right? You mentioned in episode one, just how uh, uh, damaged your leg was, right? You, you went into some detail and some of the doctors whispering about, yes. um, you know, looking around on the side of the road. Right. How did you handle that? Um, that was another, that was another very difficult aspect of this accident. Um, And you know what? I'm going to put you on pause right there. So people might not know this since we're doing this on audio via podcast, but Janita is a tall drink of water and she has some very long, beautiful (laughs) legs. Okay. She had, she had at one point Janita had some long, beautiful caramel colored. <laughs> Whew, they were beautiful, right? And she would have them out, right? 
Yes. Yes. Janita had them out all the time. Okay. Lotioned, (laughs) cocoa buttered, Vaseline down what? Yeah. She wasn't playing about them legs. So. And she added some inches to them too, right? Yes. She would be rocking them heels. Mm -hmm. Oh my God. Oh my God. It was just amazing. So uh, in addition to my independence, my other, uh, my other greatest attribute were my legs. And, um, and I can laugh about it now. I'm like, man, God has a crazy sense of humor. He has an amazing sense of humor rather, because, you know, like the majority, both of my legs are scarred one, one significantly. So, and I will have to put, um, you know, through this process, I will put pictures in the show notes Mm. to show like the before and the, and during the recovery. And I will also say to the public that, you know, uh, it's a little, it's a little gory. So you got to have a strong stomach to look at it. But, uh, so yeah, so my legs were my greatest aspect. And I talked about that in my journal because Mm. it was, it was, um, having this damage, almost losing, you know, this, my greatest asset or attribute was very, uh, very heartbreaking. Mm. It's not, it's not anything. Yeah, it was, it was heartbreaking. And so when I wrote about it, I talked about this concept of vanity versus conscientiousness. Mm -hmm. And what I said was, what I wrote was, um, I said one day about a month before the accident, I remember commenting to my neighbor that I was vain. This started from a conversation we were having about going out. And I told her that I always had to have lip gloss or Vaseline on my lips. She replied that she didn't think I was vain, but conscientious about my appearance. In the rare times when I've had a sad moment since the accident, I've asked the rhetorical, why me? I can't help to think about how this accident has affected my conscientiousness. I can't help but wonder if I'll walk the same and will I able will I be able to rock the dress shoes and boots with confidence? Will I be able to wear the dresses and get the compliments on my beautiful legs? Will I ever look at my legs again with pride at their toneness and smoothness, beautiful caramel color and length? I sometimes wonder if the accident happened so I would learn to not put so much stock in my physical appearance. But then I think, what's so wrong with wanting to look my best? Although in my case, it wasn't only about looking my best. It was also about the attention, the attention that I've been used to getting since I can remember attention that I enjoyed and didn't want to lose. Maybe this is a trial I have to overcome. Hmm. How early in your process did you write that? Um, so this was probably during, um, Oh boy, this was this was probably a couple of months in. Um, I need to go back and look at the timestamps and see exactly when these things were written. But I I remember writing it, and I remember you know it it was a couple of months in because I just kept expecting, I kept hoping, right that that I would be able to have some sort of procedure that would like restore them back to their same Mm -hmm. appearance. But until that happened, I was stuck with this 
just mangled, just this mangled bunch of flesh. And it, and my confidence was just quickly going down the drain. Like I, I didn't even look in the mirror. I, I did not even look in the mirror for, it had to be a couple of months. Cause I didn't look in the mirror for a couple of months after the accident. I wouldn't even look at my face, let alone the scars that were on my body. So, um, it was just affecting my confidence. And, and, and when I wrote in that journal about me walking in the room saying that I was the baddest bitch in here, like that was a real mm-hmm. thing. And, and, and it just, it just stopped. It's like, well, you, you're not the bad as nothing. Like you got a bad leg. Like you got the baddest leg in here, <laughs> you know, like that's what you got now, God. you know? And it just, my confidence just went down the tubes, just all the way down the tubes. And it wasn't until one day um, my husband and I were talking to his uh, supervisor and, um, Mm -hmm. and she was talking about the accident and she was telling me how lucky I was. And I'm like, looking at her side, I like, girl, bye. And she was like, girl, she was like, you are so lucky. It didn't affect your face. And I was like, I was like, okay, well, (laughs) thanks girl. You know, know, like I know, you know, so I was like, all right, like, all right. It didn't affect my face. Okay. I got that. But it really, it really destroyed my confidence. Were you a crier before the accident? Um, not like I am now. So you, I was going to say, so post-accident, are I'm you a, a crier? crier now? And, and what, yeah, I am a crier now. And we're going to talk about, um, next episode, we're going to talk about this very, uh, tr- the, the moment, the pivotal moment when I became like, when I, when my emotions like took a turn, we're going to talk about that next mm-hmm. episode, but yes, I am a crier now. I will say that. So we will get back to that. So I, I know your husband um, and I, I know his personality and I can only imagine what his response was to some of this. How did you handle him seeing your legs for the first time? Were you like, I don't want you to look or, you know, did you not want him to, to mention anything to you about that? How did you handle um, that? No, I, um, no, it was fine. It was fine for him to, okay. you know, and as a matter of fact, he had to look at it because I wouldn't look at my legs for a really long time. And so he was, the. Mm-hmm. he'll tell you now, like, that's my leg because he was the one, he was the one <laughs> looking at it, making sure it was doing what it was supposed to do. Like, you know, I'm like, is it okay? He's like, yeah, it's good. Like, you know, he was the one that was really taking care of the leg. I was, you know, like I, I. So no, I didn't, I didn't, I was not, um, self-conscious about him looking at the leg. It was fine. It was fine. It was more so, it was more so the public. Got it. Got And the public meaning just friends and family stopping by, or did that include doctors, nurses, the people who were actually No, just friends and family. I didn't want anybody to see me. I didn't want anybody mm-hmm. to see me. I did not want company. I did not, 
I didn't want any, I did not want anybody to see me. And even though, you know, you couldn't see what was going on because I, it was covered up, it was wrapped up. But to right. me, it might as well have been my face. That, that accident might as well have happened to my face because without my greatest asset, it, it was like my kryptonite. It was, it was like uh, my Achilles heel. It was like, you know, I might as well, I might as well, it might as well have been an injury to my face because I did not want anybody to see me and, and the baddest bitch was gone and she didn't want any company. I am surprised when Antoine's mm-hmm. boss said that to you, you didn't pull out your phone black like, girl. No, but let me show you these legs. Let me, let me show you. Did you see did, did you know me before? Like, were you not paying attention of what was snatched from me? Like, no, no, I don't think you understand. Antoine, tell yeah, her, I tell mean, her. I wanted to say to her, like, girl, I used to model. Like, what you talking about? <laughs> like, girl, these, mm, mm, okay. <laughs> they might have chose me for my face, but I know they chose me for my legs. You know, like. And bless her heart. She was, you know, if she's listening, I, I appreciate her. I really do. But, but it just, um, it was just awful. It was just awful, Lisa. I could just cannot say it enough. And, um, yeah, it was, it was just bad. It just took me down, girl. It took me down. Well, where are you to close it out? Where are you now on your legs how much what what is your expectation right yeah I, I still know that you're you know driven determined you still have plans so what is your expectation what are you aiming for as far as the physical look of your legs well it is you know i got what i got and that's all it is mm-hmm. to it i um but but where i am now is that i don't place the amount of uh, focus on on the physical, and I can't, right? You know, it, it's mm-hmm. been this um, devastating situation that has happened, and I can't place it on the physical. And so, with my greatest asset no longer an asset, I had to, and we're we'll talk about this in coming episodes. I had to go through the process of uh, mourning right? The loss of, of that Mm -hmm. feature that I no longer, I mean, I still have it physically, but, um, with the appearance, it's no longer there. And I had to start to start to look at other attributes that I have, right. And focus on those. And that's where I am now. And, um, you know, and like I said earlier, you know, the baddest bitch died and, and that's okay. Like I'm, I'm okay with it. Right. Um, I just had to rely on now, not rely. Now I'm focused on, no, now I'm appreciating the other aspects and a- attributes that I've had that maybe I didn't pay that much attention to when I was younger. And I'll say you still a bad bitch. <laughs> Thanks, girl. Uh, you know, I, I could go into plenty of stories, but I won't. Uh-huh. Um, but yeah, I mean, just seeing you through go through this recovery process and your healing and your now reflection and your courage to tell you tell your story, you know, that's some bad bitch right there. So Well, I appreciate that. And you know, I believe that um 
you know, I believe that there are other bad bitches out there who have gone through something or are currently going through something and they need to know that, you know, it may not be what you wanted, but you just have to focus on the other things that you bring to the table because we are not just one, you know, a one dimensional people, one dimensional beings. And we mm-hmm. have, we're complex, we have layers. And so, you know, in your recovery, you have to focus on, it's okay to mourn the loss of whatever it is that you have lost or are going through, but it's just as important to start to appreciate the other things that you bring to the, to the table, because we all have them. It just, you know, you, you just might have to do some work like I did to, um, to figure out what those are and to appreciate those things. Next time on waiting is the hardest. You know, I had visions. I was going to be calling them up like, okay, meet me at this bar. We're going to have a drink. We'll have a happy hour. Oh my God. I had all of these plans. Tell us what you thought of the episode. Follow us on Twitter at waiting hardest or Instagram at waiting is the hardest or Facebook waiting is the hardest. You can also email us at waitingisthehardest at gmail.com. Share this story of waiting and share your story of waiting. We want to hear from you. The views expressed in this podcast are my own and should not be substituted for those of a trained medical professional.